Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, we were born for miracles. We were born for miracles. We are miracle people. Amen. We were born to turn around death, break the power of the adversary, and exalt Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's turn our Bibles tonight to Acts, the second chapter, and we're going to talk about Pentecost today, Sunday morning, and then next Wednesday evening, which will be Pentecost. And, uh, but sometimes it's just hard to just preach on it one night. You know, there's so much about it, the aspects of who the Holy Ghost is and what he does in us and who we are because of him. Who we are because of him. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And then let's look over at verse 14. And it says, But Peter, standing up, with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that it shall come to pass in the last days. Said God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters <clears throat> shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit that they, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What is Pentecost? Without going into the, uh, it being one of the major three feasts of Israel on the 50th year, we're just going to recognize that it is a time appointed of God. This day, hundreds of years before, 
has been prophesied by a young prophet, small, insignificant in the overall things of Zechariah, Jeremiah, Isaiah. But this prophet speaks hundreds of years before it ever came to pass, revealing to us that God knows the time and the need of every man and every woman. And it says that in Joel 2, 28 through 31, this is the statement. So this is a prophetic time. Somebody say prophetic time. In other words, if it's a prophetic time, God is speaking about it hundreds of years before it ever comes to pass. Secondly, God has a time frame. Thirdly, we want to understand that if God says that it's going to come to pass in the future, it's going to come to pass. So on the day of Pentecost was fulfilled. It is a divine time. It is a proclamation of something that is going to happen. And this happens on this day. Peter has a revelation. The reason that Peter has this revelation is in Luke, Jesus breathes upon the disciples and he says, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now when it says, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, they are not filled with the Holy Ghost, but they are infused with an understanding of Scripture from the Holy Ghost. If they had been filled, they wouldn't have to be filled on Acts 2. And so we see that it is a prophetic time. It is a divine time. It is a time where we would call, in the natural age that we live in, it is the birth of the church. Pentecost is a time over 2,000 years ago that God planned to give birth to a church. Somebody say a church. It is. Everybody ought to say the church, the church. It is a time where you and I have been divinely seated and set in before the foundations of the earth. God saw this time. God sees the need of this time. He sets in the church that which is needed, but he also enables the church by the infilling of the Holy Ghost for a time that has never existed on planet Earth. Paul prophesied about it, saying, Timothy, I know that when I depart that there are going to come rising up not only uh, twisted, perverted shepherds, but wolves, and is also going to rise up, and there's going to be doctrines of devils. In other words, God knew that it was coming, but thank God he equipped us with something greater than what the enemy has. Go to get an amen. Yeah, amen. And so, here God tells us that when he pours out his spirit, that it, number one, is going to be a divine time. Number two, it's going to change the time. The church is supposed to be a supernatural church. Could have get an Amen. The only thing that keeps the church from being supernatural is the carnality of the church. The only thing that stops the prophetic utterance is the defiled tongue. The only thing that stops God from doing what God wants to do is the man that will not let him do it. 
And so when we start looking at these scriptures, what we have to understand is that it is a prophetic time, it is divine time, and it is a strategic time. A strategic time. People say, oh, are we in the last times? Are we in the last times? I don't know. What are you going to do different if we are? Because we sure aren't doing everything that we ought to be doing. Amen. If we were to be going out into the world, it might surprise us how much of the world would have been converted. Moving right along. All right. And uh, I know that this is for the church down the road, but really it's for every believer that is here and every believer that is watching by that television or live stream or Twitter or Witter or Water or DeWater, whatever it is. But we see something that God tells us that I think many of us miss, is that in this divine time, when God pours out His Spirit, that there is the potential for revival for every son and daughter that knows of God. It says that I'm going to pour out my spirit and your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Well, then that simply means that during this Pentecost, this outpouring of God, is that there is going to be a great gathering of sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. Amen. So you don't have to worry about, well, when my, is my son or my daughter going to get saved? What you need to be concerned about is that you keep living the life that promotes a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Nobody can resist the truth, and everybody comes to the Father when they exalt Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Secondly, we see that the church is going to be a supernatural church. It's not going to be a group of common people. Gathering together, being a religious assembly, having a mindset to do things that cause us to look like we're accepted of God. It is going to be a supernatural, beyond ordinary church. Could it get an amen? All right, so we have to realize that the church is prophetically declared. It is the divine appointment of God. It is strategic in its birth, and it is strategic in its enablement, and God tells us what's going to happen. There is going to be supernatural breakthroughs of His Spirit into our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes I think we forget that. Sometimes I think that we are so mechanical that we forget that it takes the touch of God to make a word filled with life. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are an uncommon people. Amen. We are a peculiar people. We are a people that is totally uh, different than the world. Our life, our uh, lifestyles, the words that we speak, how we speak them, and how we respond to things. And I'm not just talking about a good lifestyle, because Christianity is far more than a lifestyle. It is a transformation. It is not just you and I not doing what we think is wrong before God's eyes. Because we have yet to discover all of the wrong that is in the law. 
There are 250 laws, and each law has a segment of 250 sins that that law could commit. Like, you don't commit fornication, but you don't look up on a woman. Well, there are 250 laws that are represented and connected to that law that many of them are not even known to mankind because we've never, ever seen it because we can't live by the law. And if you could see it and then do it, then the law could give life. But the law cannot give life. Could it get an amen? So we cannot just be what we want to say, what we think is appeasing or acceptable unto God. We are a supernatural church. Not just on Sunday mornings where we get to share what God said to us, uh, you know, in the car or what God did and, and all this. No, no, no. That Look, folks, that is nice, but it is not a supernatural church. It is a small fragment of a supernatural church, but we are to be a supernatural church outside of our upper room. Come on, hallelujah. Peter and them did not preach a supernatural message and have 3,000 people get saved on a road where Jesus' blood was still staining the dirt and the cobblestone and these men bent their knees, 3,000 of them, where 50 days later they were crying, crucify him, crucify him. God intervened and transformed a human life. That's supernatural. Amen? And we've tried to make the supernatural common, a skill, a way that we can do it. Well, I'm successful. I'm good at this, and I'm good at that. I need my gift, and I want to know what... Well, that's all fine and dandy, but I wouldn't give you one puff of powder for any of it I would rather know God, and they that know God shall do great exploits. We need a touch of the Holy Ghost, and let's say this, we really need to get filled with the Holy Ghost to the point that it is not us, but it is Him. Amen. God is after a supernatural church. The question is, are you going to be that supernatural church? Now, there are dreams, there are goals, there are visions of God that cannot come to pass without God helping you. Could I get an amen? Too many of us, we have, have just brought things down to patternistic things. We really need a supernatural touch. A supernatural touch. And we want a supernatural touch we just don't want to pay the price of it. I was telling Lincoln the other day, I said, Lincoln, you know, this is a, the pattern that, that I have, 45 minutes prayer, 45 minutes study, 45 minutes prayer, 45 minutes study, 45 minutes prayer, 45 minutes study. He said, Papa, that's impossible. He said, you pray four or five hours, nobody can do that. I said, you think miracles are cheap? You think you're going to get them because somebody lays hands on you? Ha! No, if God tells them to, you get that. But for a request, absolutely not. 
God knows the heart and the cost and the price and the journey of every man. He knows the motive of every man. And so we got to realize that things that we are wanting in the supernatural are not cheap. And they must be put on the burner of priority. Yep. The church of God has been born and is a race of people that are not known or should not be known as common people. God told Peter, that which I have cleansed, don't you dare call common. We are a supernatural church. It's not by works, not by might, not by our power, but it is to be the Spirit of the Lord. Could again, amen. So, we also have to understand that we are born of the seed of God. We are born after the heart of God, and we have in us a new heart. Jeremiah says God has taken out the old heart and put in a new heart that is filled with life, and it says a heart of the flesh. What do you mean God gives me a heart of the flesh? He gives you a heart of the flesh so that you can live this life, be touched by God, be motivated by God, and be stirred by God. It's not a heart of the flesh that you and I think. God is telling us, I'm giving you a heart that is touched by my spirit so that you can live the life that I need you to live. And understand this, God's not trying to make us to live a life. He wants us to live life because at the life of obedience is the life of blessing, protection, and deliverance. Amen. All right, so we understand that God's nature has transformed us. Somebody say transformed us. You know what? You could take me through a million books, references, translations, Bible studies, and all that, and try to convince me that the infilling of the Holy Ghost is not real. And there are people that have been filled with the Holy Ghost and now are on a circuit telling everybody how scoundrelous we are because they had that, but they were just doing it on their own. Then we have that we are fanatics. Then we have that we are just emotionalists. Well, you can call me and do whatever you want to do, but what you will never do is to convince me that the infilling of the Holy Ghost is not real today. And that I need Him to live the life of the supernatural. Amen. All right. And so we understand we've been transformed from a sin-ruled life to a blinded life to a bound life, to a life of freedom and power. Could have get an amen. Now, we understand that we are not common. Get this in your heart. You are not common. You are not common. You have been redeemed by God. Once we were dead, but now, thank God, we're alive. We're born from above as we have been born from beneath. Amen? 
And so that the church is born of the seed of Jesus Christ, therefore we have his nature. And that is not normal. Praise God. And so we are born of the seed of Jesus, but we as people that are born again are placed in heavenly places. Somebody say heavenly places. We have favor and we have authority and we have entitlement and we have names of dignity such as priests and kings. Priests and kings. That's why no believers should ever talk down, criticize, talk about someone whom God has given a new name. Don't do it. You'll find yourself fighting God and you'll find yourself on the weekend of the stick. Now, we have power and authority because of our entitlement and our identities in Christ Jesus. We are no longer associated with the world. Could I get an amen? You know, I've heard this saying before. Well, they're just so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Wouldn't be to God that we were all like that. So heavenly minded that the earth has no place in us. Amen. Heavenly minded that nothing is impossible to us. Heavenly minded that we think on the things of God. Heavenly minded that we aren't remembered of our past and of our yesterday. Heavenly minded that even though we may have missed goals, we still have a mark to achieve in our life. We are the victorious in this world. We are those that are blessed, being multiplied. We are those that have been redeemed and there is nothing that comes against you and I as a church that can overcome us. Amen. We are the blessed, we are the healed, the joyful, and we are the people of God. We are now devil masters. Devil masters. We are storm stoppers. We are those that go through the fire, but we aren't burned. We go through the water, but we're not drowned and we're not destroyed. We are the light of the world, and we are the people of God. When you look at us, you see Jesus. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Could again, amen. And so when we talk about Pentecost, we're talking about a new creation. We're talking about a church that is made up of supernatural men and women. There's nothing common about you unless you choose to be common. But you are seated in heavenly places. You are positioned as a king and a priest. You have authority and favor sitting at the right hand of God. So how could we be considered normal? We are not. We are supernatural. We could say it that we are almost a super creation. 
We are beyond the earth born because we are born from the heavens. We are born from the heavens. Now, when you talk like this, people think, oh, man, you're just getting deep. You're just... No, I'm not getting anything. These are basic things. And would be to God that we get basics and move on into the deeper things of God. And it's time for us to do so. Amen. Thank you. And uh, then let's go to Luke 24, 49. Luke 24, 49. Hallelujah. We are a supernatural people. We are a supernatural church born out of prophetic proclamation, born out of God's divine purpose, born at a designated time, and we have a designated purpose, and we are prepared for that purpose. We are prepared for that purpose. Luke 24, 49, it says, Behold, talking about Jesus, I send the promise of my Father unto you or upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now that would reveal to us that Jesus understands the battles that we are about to go into are not normal. They are not earthly, our weapons cannot be earthly, and there is a supernatural foe that is not formed out of flesh and blood, but he is a spiritual adversary. Jesus says, don't leave Jerusalem. Now the problem is that many of us run out of Jerusalem not having received or being endued with the power from on high. Now that word power means this, be endued with power for performing miracles. For performing miracles. For performing miracles. Somebody say, I have power to perform miracles. In other words, you are an evidence producer. You produce evidence of an invisible God, of an invisible Savior, and the invisible Holy Ghost. And the only way that people know that God is real, that Jesus did accomplish what He said, and the Holy Ghost is resonant in you, is by the evidence that we produce. Now we say, well, you'll know them by their fruits. Absolutely, that is a part of it. But that is not the only segment that people know us from. Remember when King Agrippa said, well, you know, I, I wanted Paul to come hoping that I could see a miracle. He wanted to believe. The world wants to believe. But the church is the only entrance for the church or for the world to believe because we produce evidence. You have power for moral excellence. Moral excellence. Now, I'm not talking about you're going to get it someday. You have it. 
You have, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the ability to live moral excellence. In other words, he that committeth sin becomes a servant of sin. You and I are not servants of sin. Sin shall not have dominion over us. Amen? That is moral excellence. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the world saw the church in its purity instead of in its scandals, in its divisions, in its murmurings, in its complainings? Wouldn't it be wonderful if they just showed forth the purity of redemption? The purity of redemption. So we have power to live a moral, excellent life. Hallelujah. We have power and resources that are the same nature as an army or a force of the military against an adversary. In other words, when you are just walking, there is an enablement, a power upon you that is carried by an army as well as its resources to keep it going. So when the devil sees you, he doesn't see you as one person. He sees you arrayed with the force of an army. That's how he sees the Pentecostal church. And then we realize that we have force or power to do mighty deeds. We have power to fulfill vision. We have power to reach our goals. Power to know where to go, what to say, and what to do. Now this is not people that are called into the fivefold ministry. These are ordinary Christians. Ordinary Christians. Philip was a deacon. Somebody say a deacon. Who's a deacon? Whoever somebody appoints him to be. But in this, Philip goes down into Samaria that is filled with devils. The city is ruled by Simeon, which is a sorcerer. Philip goes right into the heart of where he's ruling, and what does he do? He has revival. Devils come out, miracles are wrought, and the whole city is rejoicing about Jesus Christ. That's just a deacon. Well, well if I was a deacon, I hereby appoint you one. You're a deacon. Now you get a weight on everybody else. You're a deacon. Titles don't make champions. Reliance on the Holy Ghost makes champions. Philip didn't create some miracle ministry. He went home and allowed his daughters to prophesy to coming company. 
So we understand that we have empowerment. Somebody say, we have power. We have power. And we have received the power to discern the spirit that is ruling a matter. We see that in Acts, the fifth chapter, with Ananias and Sapphira. Peter understood that this was a demonic attempt to get sin involved in the church. Now, Ananias and Sapphira wasn't going to teach people how to do it. Just know this, that when sin happens, whether it's through you or a friend, you are opening a door to all of our lives. Come on. We are responsible one for another. Now, Peter took care of the problem. And the reason he took care of the problem is because God unveiled to him the spirit behind the problem, and then God took the man's life when Peter proclaimed what he did. Peter didn't kill him. God took his life. Oh, well, God doesn't do that. Said the neighbors of Ananias and Sapphira. They're dead because they did not keep in store moral excellence. They allowed deception to lie to them. So we have the power. Somebody say the power. To discern, to discern. We have the power to understand and to apply wisdom to situations. Acts, the sixth chapter. How are you going to silence a church that has started division among itself? Peter said, this is what we're going to do. And the amazing thing wasn't just that God told Peter how to do it in understanding and wisdom. The miracle is the church complied. Hello. Complied. They didn't have a voting meeting. They didn't have a, a meeting behind closed doors. They didn't have anything to think, well, I wonder if Peter's really right or if he's really wrong. Let, let me say this. God put me here because he didn't put you here. And he put me here because he didn't want you here. Could again, amen. amen. Let's change the subject. All right. You have power to destroy and to lay waste to every work of the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of darkness. So we want to make sure that we don't just see people bound, but that we set people free that are bound We've seen that in Acts the 19th chapter and Acts the 17th chapter said that when they saw the disciples, they said, these are they that have turned the world upside down. The world, the world upside down. And now they've come here to do the same. In other words, David with the Holy Ghost, you can do it wherever you want. Amen. Let me tell you what I know about God. When I go to a country, I know what's going to happen. 
I'm not concerned about it. I have newspaper meetings, and I tell them, the blind are going to see, they're going, and I love to be invited to Baptist radio stations. Because when I start praying for the sick on the radio station, they start getting testimonies. And they say, so, well, Peter Dosak says that God will heal you. I said, absolutely right. God will heal them all. And so I know that when I go there, I know what's going to happen. There is no doubt. I know what's going to happen. Not concerned about it. Each and every one of us can do what the disciples did, turn our worlds upside down. And that may not seem much to you, but it's enough for you. And so if you turn it upside down, amen? And you'll get to see, where's Eric? Is it? Eric, where are you? Oh, there you are, Eric. Do you remember, I'm thinking about that we were in uh, Nigeria. What is that place at I.O.? Uh, and we were there. Dr. Obalu was there. A lot of people from uh, the church traveled there. Where was it? Was it Sepoli? Okay. We gave an altar call outside of the stadium. We had all the doors locked in the stadium so nobody could get in. We had about 300,000 people in the stadium, and God was doing miracles. But when I gave the altar call, all of a sudden, the back gate, which are steel doors, flew open. They had charged that door, broken through, and they had filled that whole bottom of that soccer field to give their life to Jesus Christ. You remember in Osaba where we gave the altar call? It got so much dirt up into the air where they were running from, we had over a million point two people, six miles of sound system. When you took a picture, you couldn't even reach the end of it. The light wouldn't go far enough. When we gave the altar call, there was so much dirt in the air, we couldn't even see the people. So Brother Shambach came up with this great idea. Let's just have them wave handkerchiefs. Well, the whole field turned white like snow. People giving their life to Jesus Christ. It was a city of one, it was a city of a half a million people. We had a million point two people. Literally, we couldn't get from the hotel to the crusade grounds. And after we left the city, They left the stage up for five or six weeks and crowds kept coming and the sick kept getting healed. Finally, they brought the army in to tear it down because they wouldn't let them. Listen, folks. You say, yeah, yeah, but pastor, you're, you're, I'm what? I have the Holy Ghost. That's it. I got the Holy Ghost. Now, I might be better looking some of you shorter than some of you, taller than some of you. I I might be a lot of things, but none of that matters. What matters is I have the Holy Ghost. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Son, you and I 
can do this, do this any place in the world. The first crusade I had. Thousands of people got saved, the blind, the sick, the dumb, the lame. People just miracles every night. And the Lord spoke to me the first altar call I gave. I'd never given one in my life in a mass crusade. I had never prayed for people to get healed in a mass way. But that night, when I gave the altar call, and I seen every person in that crowd raise their hand to receive Jesus, God said to me, Son, you and I can do this any place in the world. And I mean any place. I don't care if it's the in Cuba. I don't care if it's in Africa. I don't care if it's in Italy. I don't care if it's in where, well, gosh, Bulgaria, wherever Swazi we go, lands. it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. Switzerland, it, it doesn't matter. Even though they may not believe in God, they do believe after we leave. After we leave, they have saw miracles. And I can't tell you how many times in an airport people come up and say, hey, I was just in that crusade. I can't believe God did it. I said, you can do this. It's not a Pete Dosak thing. It's a Holy Ghost thing. And you can do it. Amen? Amen. You can absolutely do it. Praise God. Eric, you've seen miracles. You you know, sometimes we have these miracles. Everybody in a whole building, everybody all over the place, they're just healed. Yes. We see that quite often, Pastor. It's just a... You can you can you can sense the tangible presence of God in those services, Pastor, and and uh, yeah, many times Mexico was a recent crusade. We had you know several thousand in the facility, and every every person you had the privilege of praying for received a miracle. We had hundreds of people sharing testimonies. Eighty-five, eighty-six deaf ears come open, several blind eyes come open, several people walking in wheelchairs. Uh, we're privileged. God's blessed us to see those those results in so many crusades around the world. Amen. What is the greatest miracle you ever saw, Eric? Oh, Pastor, uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, boy, Pastor, uh, I, I have several. Uh, quickly, in Durban, South Africa, we were there in a multi, you know, the largest dome stadium in, in, in the nation. And uh, in that service, I saw three people walk out of wheelchairs that were crippled, literally crippled from the waist down, paralyzed. Uh, two had been stabbed, one had been shot. All three walked out of that facility yeah. completely healed. That happened, you know, right before our very eyes. Uh, the lady in Cuba, um, we went to a, a city uh, uh, with Pastor Darius. The, the, the people in Cuba, there are no fire codes, so literally they pack in there like sardines. Every square inch is full of people. And in that service, Pastor prayed. Dozens of miracles took place. Uh, after Pastor was done... The senior pastor said, there's one more person way, way in the back. And, of course, we couldn't see the person. So pastor and I walk outside the building. We walk back in the door, and we're literally having to part the Red Sea. I'm having to kind of move people so pastor can get through. And you could see a woman in a, in a wheelchair because you could see the IV bag. And as, as we're walking closer, the person is telling me in, the, in my ear, now, that, Eric, this person has cancer. It's terminal. 
they're expecting her to die any day now. She's had this for months. They have not. They have. They've basically given up hope on her. And and I saw a pastor literally trying his best to get to her, and he just literally just put his hand on her head, just in, in in a brief second, and said the name of Jesus. And as soon as he did that, said nothing else. This woman jumped out of that wheelchair. She's sitting down. She jumps out. Her backside was as tall as my eyesight. She, she hits the ground. She rips the IV out of her arm, throws it down, and just starts walking. And as she's walking, the church that literally is full of people, almost like Moses with a rod, just splits. And she walks down the front to the front of the church. What well, we didn't know, her, her, her daughter was on the worship team. She begins to embrace and begins to give God praise. Uh, that was one of the greatest miracles we saw. I mean, we could not see... She was skin and bones. She was probably 80 pounds, maybe. Yeah. And, and so we didn't see God put meat, you know, meat back on her bones, so to speak. But we got testimony about a month later that she went back to doctor. She had gained 20 pounds. She was cancer-free. Even as of last year, we heard the same report. The woman is 120 pounds now, completely healed. Yeah. Uh, that woman should be dead if it wasn't for the providence of God, using pastor, yeah. using a man of God to lay hands on that person. Uh, but we see... We see so many, Pastor. Yeah. I, remember, I remember a person in Bulgaria that lost four fingers. I saw God put four fingers back on a person's hand. Yeah. Um, this is me with my own, my own two eyes. It wasn't like a you know, recording story. I saw this happen. So I've seen so much, you can't doubt God. God is a healer, and he wants to heal you today. It's not like he wants to do it tomorrow. Your healing is now. Right now. Amen. That is the moment of time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Right. Today is. Hallelujah. How are you doing, young lady? Good. What did you come for? Jesus. Okay. <laughs> did you come for a, a healing or anything of that nature? No. Okay, good. Good. You know this guy? Yes, my grandpa. Oh, your grandpa. Oh, wow. That's better than being called honey and called for lunch and all that, isn't it? Grandpa is hallelujah. And these are your great-grandchildren. Yes. Wow, cool deal. What are you dealing with? You're doing good? I'm doing good. Well, good deal. Man, I like to have some sick people here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can't get anybody healed and ain't nobody sick. Praise God. So, what we're going to do is... Uh, we're going to, if you're here today, first of all, if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost yet, then what we're going to ask you to do, if you choose tonight to get filled with the Holy Ghost, we're going to ask you to stand to your feet, come right up here, don't worry about the virus, and I won't bite you. So, uh, if you're here tonight and you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, please raise your hand, stand up. So we can lay hands on you tonight and get you filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody? All right, well, well good. Hallelujah. Shoot, you can't get nobody filled with the Holy Ghost. It ain't empty. Hallelujah. All right, now, if you're sick here tonight, terminal disease, whatever it might be, you, of course, if you attend this church, you know that miracles happen. And we are going to pray tonight and miracles are going to happen so if you're here tonight and you're sick any way shape or form please stand to your feet Joan 
Come right up here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody can hear okay? Anybody deaf? Good. Hallelujah. Anybody blind in one eye or anything of that nature? I want to pray for you. Uh, anybody else? Ron, what happened to your back? I fell out of a hay mow and smashed my number eight disc 30%. When? Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. All righty. And uh, are you in pain? Sometimes and a little bit now. Okay, so without the brace, tell me what happens. As far as pain? Yeah. Uh, sometimes it goes up, sometimes it doesn't. So how could we tell if God touched you? Was you in Kokomo one time, we were over there, and that woman uh, with muscular dystrophy had braces on her legs down there, and I prayed for her, and all of a sudden I was doing something else, and here come these braces out over there. And, and that kid that uh, his mom and dad had to help him, he had a MS. MS. And uh, I prayed for him. He walked out of the building and started dancing. God healed out in the parking lot. I think I remember the NS. I don't remember the braces. Yeah. And uh, so that was pretty cool, too. Doctors and, told and him, said, don't come back here. I said, okay. I remember in Russia, blind eyes were open. Yep. 20, we dumped... Uh, Deaf and dumb school, too. Yep. Uh, so, what, what, just, you couldn't tell anything until they tell you, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. And when you're going back to the doctor? I'm not sure, but I think it's supposed to be this next week. You think you better find out? I know. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. And it's the 8th? Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak right now to this vertebra, God, this eighth vertebra that's been ruptured, been damaged. I command in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command in Jesus' name, be thou made whole. God, I loose the working of miracles in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, praise God. Yes, Jane. Hey, um... I have like cramping in my feet and my toes and my calves. And it's from when that lady did that adjustment about three years ago. And every once in a while, then they cramp up. They call it the tone in your body. So I need to tone in my body to balance out so there's no cramping. Okay, hallelujah. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Are you doing okay? With your eye. Eyes. Eyes? Are but they blurry? 
I don't know what it is, but my mom just told me so. Your mom, okay. <laughs> Tell me what's wrong with this. Um, they're saying that he's got an eye tracking disorder. Um, they're thinking possibly dyslexic, and he's definitely having trouble in school. Okay. You know, I was dyslexic. I'm still half crazy, but uh, now, can, can you track his eyes? Do you know? We had him checked at the doctor. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to have you go back to the doctor and we're going to curse this dyslexia. In the name of Jesus, I curse this dyslexia, God. I command it to come out of him. God, I loose a miracle on these eyes, God. Father, touch them. I loose the working of miracles in the name of Jesus. Let his eyes track normally. Amen and amen. That's it. Hallelujah. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I curse right now the cause of these cramps. God, the cause of this drawing up. I curse it and I loose the working of miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's your eyes. And... Uh, you're blurry? Yeah, they're, both my corneas are inflamed. Okay, so that makes everything blurry. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, take your glasses off. Hallelujah. Now, you already know I'm good looking, but <laughs> if this... <laughs> I could just see your wrath. Yeah, there you go, okay. Now, in the name of Jesus, I curse right now all of this swelling in these retinas. In the name of Jesus, I curse it. I command it to loose her right now. And God, I loose the working of miracles. Clear it up in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, you ready? All right, good. Tell me what you got. All right, well, put him back on. It's clear. Talk to me. Sane? Don't worry, I'm not. I'm not. It's clear. It's clear? Okay. Good deal. Uh, you know, I was in, you remember, uh, was you there for Carol Clay? Yeah. <laughs> Carol Clay, she had Ken, a... Kenton? Yeah. Huh? She said, uh, I stepped up to her, we're having a healing. I said, okay, what's wrong with you? And she said, I'm blind in this eye. My retina exploded and ran out on my pillow. And I said, oh, gee, man, I'm looking for a hurt back or something. I said, I'll be right back. And went next door to her husband. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, I'm blind in both eyes. I said, oh, Lord, Jesus. But God healed him, praise God, and live for Jesus. Amen. What do we got, Elaine? I'm having trouble with my hip. It's, I don't know, it just hurts sometimes. And, and it, it goes down to my knee, makes my knee start hurting too. All right, does it hurt right in here? No, right down in right there. Right in there. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I curse this right now, God. I loose a miracle into this nerve in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I've got a problem with the shoulder. I think it's rotator cuff or something like that. It, it's just really inconvenient. That's it? That's what I got. Really? Yeah. All right. Now, in the name of Jesus, I command God this problem rotary cup God all of these tendons these muscles I command it to come out of her now I loose the working of miracles in Jesus name 
Thank you, Father. Now let me see what you got. That looks like it's a okay, little better. Okay, let's do it one more time. Go up, there you go. Put her back down. Now let's take her up one more time. All right. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, all the way, I command right now, and all this pain, go! In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. All righty, now let's go. Let's go straight up. See if you can take it straight up. Up. All right, any pain? Got some? A little? Okay. Well, I just don't like that at all. In the name of Jesus. Come on, folks, stretch forth your hand. I command right now, you devil, I command you to loose her. Set her free. Now, God, I loose the working of miracles in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now lift it up. Tell me what you got. It's better than it was. Yeah, it's better than it was. Good. Well, I want it all the way. I like it all the way. You can't throw pizza in the air without, <laughs> with, a, with a limited arm. How long have you had it like that? It's been a few years. How long? It's been a few years. Come on, lift it up one more time. Okay. All right. Now, we come back Sunday morning. You tell me. We'll pray for that thing again. But I believe it's going to be okay. Yes, Mary. Um, they're telling me I have carpal tunnel, so i got to go see a doctor tomorrow. Carpal tunnel? Yeah. Do you charge for that? Do I charge? Do the cars go through it? <laughs> I curse this carpal tunnel right now in the name of Jesus. God, I loose a miracle to open these up in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Yes, jump. I have gone to the doctor today and found out I've got some gallbladder trouble. Um, I thought it was my back because it's causing shortness of breath, but it's not. So I'm just done with it. Is he your gallbladder problem? Probably. Okay. All right. Now, uh, what do they say about it? Well, I have to have an ultrasound done in a couple of weeks, but okay. we're going to find out. And what does it do? It causes a lot of pain. Right oh, okay. A lot of pain and can't breathe. I can't catch my breath at night. Oh. When I sleep, you need I wake to quit up laying and... your head on her at night. Father, in the name of Jesus, I curse this gallbladder problem. I speak right now, God, that you cleanse it. I curse every stone. I command them to go. And God, I loose right now a miracle. All this pain to go, this discomfort be gone in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. What do you got, Bob? I've got a, a really sore left knee, and I hit my head getting into a car here a couple months ago and got some pain in my neck, and it's got down into my lower back. It's really causing me some problems. You know you have to bend your head when yeah. you're going into a car? Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and especially them little Toyotas. Yeah, okay. All right, yes. now in the name of Jesus... God, I speak to these vertebras, this neck right now, this issue. I command it to be thou made whole. In Jesus' name, come out of him. Now, God, I loose miracles. I command right now, God, all this pain in this leg, this discomfort. I loose it in Jesus' name. Now, move that knee, Bob. Now, move that head, Bob. Go home, Bob. It's now. working. Blood pressure. Blood pressure. Yeah. You eat right? I 
I'm trying. <laughs> Don't try. I, we've Do been, it. We've been doing really good. Somebody told me, said, the devil attacked you when you had that bypass. I said, no, it wasn't the devil. It was cheeseburgers and, and uh, ice cream. And the devil never did anything to me. I did it myself. And so, eat right. Okay? Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, as she puts her faith in her hands, God, I ask you, God, to lower this blood pressure, bring it into normality. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I've got it in my knees real bad. Um, my left knee is the worst. It hurts all the time. If I'm sitting down, I could put my leg out, and it doesn't hurt. But standing here, I mean, it's excruciating pain. It hurts to to walk or do anything. Wow. Did, have you had it looked at? No. Okay. I command right now this knee in the name of Jesus. I command all this arthritic pain. God, I command it in Jesus' name to come out. And then God, I speak to this knee right here in Jesus' name. All of this soreness, this pain, God, come out of her right now in Jesus' name. And God, I loose miracles in the name of Jesus. Now move those, Sharon. Tell me what you got. Now you said this just standing one, yeah, here. Yeah, this one's a little bit better. Okay. This one is like, is hot. I mean, you can feel that. That's probably, that's inflammation. I command all of this inflammation in the name of Jesus to come out of her. God, I loose, I loose miracles, God, onto these knees in Jesus' name. Yeah, it's better. Okay, good. Better. Now, every day you get up, just move your knees, kick Steve. Strengthen them legs. Yes, Deb. My hip and my knee. Your hip and your knee. Yeah. Do you go to a chiropractor? I have, yeah. And they've not been able to help you? Well, a little. I mean, it, it gets better. Sometimes when I go, it, I mean, it feels better. Yeah. You know, we have a great chiropractor in our church. Yeah. You ever been to him? No. no. Well, let me tell you something. Eric brought me home from Michigan, uh -huh. and I mean, I couldn't, Lord, I mean, I was, buddy, I was bad, okay. but it was a sciatic, oh. and I said, God, you know, I, I believe you've been, you've healed me, and, and he said, go to Dwayne Crush, okay. and I went there, and Dwayne fixed me up, okay. and, uh, but you ought to give him a go, he's not like any other chiropractor you've ever been to, okay. he, he does, you know, he's not a backcracker or anything like that. Uh, so, uh, but I believe in him and okay. he's helped so many people and, uh, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Now in the name of Jesus, I curse right now, got all of this back problem, this hip area in the name of Jesus, you devil, I command you to loose her right now. Now God, I loose the working of miracles in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, it's my lower back. 
I have uh, all kinds of narrowing, and I don't know. They've told me all kinds of stuff. They want me to have surgery, but I don't want to do it. So. Yeah, <laughs> surgery doesn't help. I'm telling you, it causes more problems than it resolves. They said they couldn't guarantee it would do anything. It might be worse. So I said no, because it's my spine. So. Well, absolutely not. <laughs> now, do they have any vertebras or disc problems or anything? Oh, yeah. They told me all kinds of stuff. Oh, they so, did? Yeah. They go down a list? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to these vertebras, God, that are ruptured. God, these discs that are out of place, I command in the name of Jesus, all of it, come out right now. Loose her. Now, God, I loose the working of miracles. I command all the pain. Go in Jesus' name. Now, did you have pain when you came up here? No, not right now. It comes and goes, but when it comes, I can't really move very well. But I, you know, I put ice and all that on it. Okay, well, you just do whatever you can't do. Go home and clean house. Yeah, all that's right. one of the things I have trouble <laughs> I need my kidneys restored. But what's concerning me is I have this tightness right here. And it seems like it's getting bigger. And but what is it? I don't know. You don't know? No. Okay. Well, in the name of Jesus, now God, I ask you to restore her kidney function. I ask you, God, to make it working. God, let the enzyme levels come down. In the name of Jesus, God, I loose the working of miracles. Now, I command, God, this swelling. I command right now, and all this pain in it, I command it in Jesus' name to come out. God, I loose the working of miracles in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now, is it worse when you stand and walk? Uh, no. Okay. It just, when I bump things, it hurts. When you bump things. Mm -hmm. uh, you had pain when you come up. Tell me what you got now. Um, it, it's still tender. but. Okay, all right. We'll just pray, as long as you tell me it's tender. I command right now, God, in the name of Jesus, you devil, loose her right now and set her free. And I thank you for it, Father. It feels not as tight. And I can touch it. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Go home. Don't let her eat. Yes, sir. I wake up and my fingers go like this and they won't straighten out after. <laughs> or force it. Just in the morning? Yeah, usually. Hmm. I command right now, God, I speak to these ligaments in the name of Jesus. I command them to be free. God, let this hand be free in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. What do you got there, Bob? knees a lot um, this one a little bit that one a lot um, sometimes there feels like it's fire in there they, do they and, uh, speak to you about what uh, well periodically it'll like wants to give away on me that's why I use the cane okay and then and then the hip and then the shoulder has been giving me a lot of trouble lately with pain and so forth in the name of Jesus, I curse this pain in this shoulder and the cause of it. I command it to come out 
Loose him in Jesus' name. Now raise that up, Bob. Tell me what you got. I can move it. It's not the movement. It's just that it's in pain. You, you know? have pain now? Yeah. I command all this pain in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I command all this pain to come out in Jesus' name. Okay, now move it. Tell me if you got any. Went away. <laughs> all right, there you go. Now, and this knee is worse. Do Have you ever had it looked at? No. Okay. In the name of Jesus, I curse this right now. I loose God a miracle. Create cartilage in this kneecap in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for it. Okay, Bob, now check it. Tell me what you got. Yeah, it's better. Well, better. walk it's on better. it. Kick it. Uh, do whatever you, you don't do. Yeah, it's stronger. I can feel veins going. Okay. Now I command God and I loose a miracle. Let this cartilage be strong in this leg, in this kneecap, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's better. All righty. I'm getting healed for my rest. It was uh, for the weeks had been, um, I thought I was having problems with the carpal tunnel, but pain. But I'm. On the way here, I was praying, and it's feeling a lot better, but it's the back of my neck mainly. All right. In the name of Jesus, God, finish this miracle. In Jesus' name, and I command God, this neck, these vertebras, Father, in Jesus' name, I command all of this pain come out of her right now. Let her go in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hello, gorgeous. How are you doing? You need new cells in her pancreas. What would that be called? Pancreatitis or? No, uh, she, uh, she uses insulin. Uh, she needs the new cells in her pancreas. Okay. So she don't have to take the insulin. And then that would do away with her dependency on? All right. Okay. And uh, you want strength in your legs? Why are you wanting to chase him? No, never mind. <laughs> huh? Oh, yeah. All right. In the name of Jesus, God, I curse the lack of cells in this pancreas. I loose, God, a miracle into this pancreas. Let it, God, begin to create new cells in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, for your glory. Then, God, I lose strength into these legs in the name of Jesus Christ. God, strengthen her muscles in Jesus' name. Give her stability in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I just, I just got two things, arthritis right here and my neck. Sometimes I feel like a knife on it, like a pinched nerve. God, I speak right now, God, to any nerves in this neck. I command it in Jesus' name to come out of him. And God, I curse this arthritic finger. I command it right now in the name of Jesus. Come out of him. And let him go in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Yes, fellas. Uh, it's either a, maybe a hormone issue or a thyroid. I'm getting kind of... 
my hair. <laughs> All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I loose a miracle. God, to balance these hormones, bring this thyroid, God, into balance. In the name of Jesus, and I thank you for it. Amen and amen. Now, do you go to the doctor? You have a doctor? Yeah. Good. Have her check you for hormones or thyroids. If you had a husband, he could tell you. But since you don't have a husband, let your doctor tell you. Yes, Steve. My hands, Pastor, they hurt all the time. This one here, I wear gloves all the time because they're cold. You're kidding me. Have you had them examined or anything? No. I don't like doctors. I curse right now, God. This circulation problem, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of him. Now, God, I loose the working of miracles in Jesus' name. Oh, God, and I command all this pain to go in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, degenerative arthritis in the neck, and then I have an overactive bladder up all night, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, really? Yep. I curse right now, God, this arthritis in this neck. I command it to come out right now. Free her. And God, I speak to this gallbladder in this bladder. God, I command this bladder to settle down in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Ron. I want to turn. I want you to run your finger down my back and check on my spine. Well, I'll tell you who's better at that than There's, me. Where's Dwayne? Come here, Dwayne. There's, there was no pain. When, you have before, no pain. When, before when you'd run your finger, when you'd hit number eight, it would hurt. Oh, really? Yes. All right. Well, Dwayne, come here, Dwayne, and run your finger down this spine. I couldn't tell you if it's his rib or his back. He said vertebrae number eight is the one that he had pain, and if you touched it before, it had pain. You're talking your eighth dorsal? They said eight. That'd be way down in here. That, okay, all right. He's blocked up in here. I mean, that's... I, huh? I, I don't know what he felt like before, but I can tell he's a little blocked up right in here. You kind of feel that come down and... Right there. But there's no pain when you touch it. None. Yes. Okay, all right. Praise God. Well, good deal. Thank you, Dwayne. Hallelujah. I also have like um, pre-diabetes, so I'm just wanting to get prayed for that all that gets healed and sorted out. All right. And also uh, for our friend. Huh? Also for my friend Braxton. Okay, you want to pray? Okay, what's Braxton got wrong with him? I don't really remember. Just at the Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Really, Father, I pray for Braxton's back, and I lose a miracle. God, I free him of that, touch his back, and heal it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I curse this sleep apnea. I curse it in the name of Jesus. And God, I ask you to touch her desire for certain foods that, God, this diabetes will stay away from her body. That God, she will just change her eating. She'll revolutionize, God, her blood sugar. And God, I 
curse these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And what do you have, young lady? I was up here. Oh, you're just... Yep, a... My mom. <laughs> okay, so you got an escort. All right. All right, here's some prayer requests we want to pray. Brianna has... In her eyes. What is this here, Eric? That is diabetes. Oh, she has the diabetes in her eyes. Leakage in her eye, blind spots. Okay. Pray for this young girl. And then, coronary disease. And uh, wow, suffer from a heart attack. And is now having a hard time breathing. We're going to pray for that. And uh, her hip all the way down to her legs, into her shins, and her foot goes numb. Hmm. Okay, let's... You remember that blind woman in New York? Oh, you wasn't there. Mark was. Uh, no, Diabetes. I was there. In Buffalo. I yeah, was there. Yeah, she was born... Yeah. We were there the night, we were there the night before, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's blind in both eyes. Diabetes. And uh, God opened up both her blind eyes. And, I remember that. Hallelujah. Uh, all right, let's stretch forth your hand for these people. Father, I curse this diabetes in her eyes. I command right now that God, the blood, would begin to flow. I curse this diabetes in the name of Jesus, and I loose God a miracle. I pray, God, for this hip. I pray for the nerve, God, that goes down the leg, causes the foot, God, to be hot and uh, abnormal. I curse right now that nerve in Jesus Christ's name. Then, Father, I pray right now for this cornea problem, and I loose her breathing, God. Let her breathe normally, and I curse this cornea, God. Let it be healed. I loose the working of miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.